vultures sing and heaven
Good evening. Welcome, everyone. Merry Christmas. My name is Gail. And I am Leslie. And we really, a special welcome to you all. You know, I've just been thinking about this and in the hustle and bustle of preparations for Christmas, this evening is a time just to quiet yourselves, to remember why we celebrate Christmas. And it's all about Jesus. So just so glad you're part of this here tonight. We are. We are super excited that you're here. Um, welcome to all these new faces. We're glad that you braved the weather to come on out. A um, couple of little notes. If you're looking for anything, if you need any help with anything, find somebody wearing a lanyard. Looks like just the one I'm wearing, and we would be happy to point you in the right direction. Um, bathrooms are just out in the lobby, and there's two of them available for you there. Um, food and drinks are welcome in this space, so if you feel knackering for something, grab something outside, bring it on in, you're welcome with that here. Um, and if you've noticed, we are singing in the round. It's very exciting. Um, and it's going to be a little bit louder up at the front here, close to the singers. So if you need to adjust your seating based on the fact that you've now heard a couple songs, feel free to do that. Um, we're happy to just have you here however you're here. Yeah, and as you probably already noticed, we do have the words behind me and uh, up there as well. So join in um, when we do some more singing. This evening, we are also taking a collection for the food bank. So all proceeds will be handed over to the food bank, um, who's much in need this year, as probably every other year. And we're going to have um, some children bringing us the story of Jesus' birth. After that, Pastor Grant is going to be bringing us a Christmas message um, just on how God enters the world and our lives. Um, so we're excited to hear that. And then we will close the service together singing Silent Night. Um, you should have, or maybe you didn't, but on your way in, there was a couple baskets full of candles. And um, Grant will direct you guys to kind of when you're going to light those. So refrain for a few minutes if you can. I know it's pretty tempting, but... Um, if you did not get one, feel free to, during the, like, beforehand, um, just raise your hand and we'll come around with some for you guys so that everybody can participate. And before we continue with our worship of God, we're just going to begin with some prayer. So join with me if you feel comfortable. Um, God, thank you so much for this time together, um, for the reason of celebrating Christmas, that you came to us um, Lord, what, a, what an honor that you loved us as much as you do to come into the world humble as a baby and um, that you've worked through each of our lives in beautiful ways up until this point. And I ask, Lord, that you would um, just move in our hearts tonight. You'd speak to us. You would um, remind us of your joy, of your love, of your peace, um, even if this season brings complicated feelings and challenging moments. Um, God, you're the reason for all of it, and we are so incredibly blessed and excited to be here worshiping you and to celebrate who you are. Um, be with us here tonight, God, and yeah, we hand this evening over to you. Amen. And so, God who has a name, Yahweh, turned his face towards us. Has spoken his words to us. 
has shown his heart, his love for us. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. A baby, gentle, humble, vulnerable. A manger, unimaginable for any human, yet alone Yahweh. Good news, unthinkable news in fact, that God is with us and we can be with him. Emmanuel, God with us. stand. You're welcome to stand and worship with us this morning, evening.
Shadows to fly. 
Merry Christmas. We're still here. We're alive. Awesome. Good. This section's a little thin. That's right. Anybody want to shift around a bit? You're sitting together. That's great. Thank you so much. 
we just checked out on the online feed too. We're joining in online. Weather has been pretty miserable all day. And uh, there's comments up there. They said the angel or the chorus of angels is what they were listening to. So amazing worship team. Amazing hearing your voices singing along too. It's been fantastic. Uh, this is great. This is a really fun service. So we're so happy. We're going to keep it going here. But one of the things we want to do here just next is... Here at Cedar Valley Church, one of our core values is generosity, and we really believe that God is amazingly uh, abundantly blessing to us. It's incredible the stuff that he just enables us to do constantly when we think we don't have the means. And one of the things that also, why that works out so well is the city of mission here, and I'm a fairly new participant in the life of mission, is seeing how much people love supporting and helping out each other. Right, like on Facebook this whole time, there's been winter storms, there's a bit of flooding now, freezing pipes all over the place, and people are helping each other out. And the last year, well, the last few years have been rough on a lot of us, on a lot of people, right? And just with the mix of housing crisis, with the inflation and economy and lettuce costing $8 a head of lettuce now, it's hard, it's rough. And the food banks are uh, amazingly well-stocked. There's incredible services around uh, because people here in this town are generous as well. And so what we want to do over this next song too, though, because in, in some of our connections, the Mission Food Bank and some of the other services like that too, abundantly generously donated to in terms of the supplies, but financially they're struggling. And they're actually in quite a deficit right now. They're not able to continue keeping all the power on it without their draining the savings account. So they aren't able to expend because the demand is so massive right now. And volunteer hours are less and less. So what we're going to do for this next song as uh, our amazing singers are going to just sing through another Christmas carol. We're going to be passing along a little bag. If you've got anything, this is a no obligation kind of donation, but we just want to do a collection for the Mission Food Bank. It's all going directly to them just to help them and just to help our, as a city, we want to bless everybody so that we're fed well, we're taken care of well, and we care for everybody here. So we're going to be passing along just a few little bags. If you've got anything, happily throw it in there. If not, pass it along. If you've got a check or anything like that, or if it's a more substantial amount that you want a bit of like a tax credit to, at the entrances, at the doorways, we do have these little envelopes that you can fill out some info so we can help you out with that for the charity status. Uh, and we do also do donations online. You can find that out at cedarvalley.ca. But otherwise, um, let's, let's give back to the city and let's just let God amplify our generosity here. Jesus, no crying he makes. I 
sky and stay by my side till morning is God, the Lord God 
will make him the king like his father David. Of a long ago, the son of the Most High God will rule forever over his people. They are from the family line of Jacob. That kingdom will never end. But how can this happen? Mary asked the angel. I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy, the Holy Spirit will come to you. The power of the Most High God will cover you. So the Holy One that is born will be called the Son of God. I will save the Lord, Mary answered. May it happen to me just as you said it would. The angel left her. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Everyone returned to their hometowns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a, a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, King David's hometown. He traveled there from the valley of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no rooms available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding the flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the light of the Lord's glory surrounded them. 
They were terrified, but the angel comforted them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, Messiah. Messiah. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips, cloth laying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a large group of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God, the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Then the angels, when the angels had returned, to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there were a baby lying in the manger after seeing him. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel said I had said no, um, what the angel I had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished about Mary, kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. She, the shepherds, went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, ladies, for reading that. Because that's, that's what this is about, right? That's what we are here for on a Saturday evening, braving the icy roads, the rainy roads now, the floody roads. It's, it's the story, right? The apple cider is good, but I hope that a lot of us are here, at least not just for the snacks, but pretty much centered around that moment, that story. That, that's what we're here for. And, you know, it, that's, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown, right? Linus said it perfect. Stories are a really funny thing in our lives, particularly the way we remember them and the way that we kind of retell them and share them with each other. The way we kind of just, especially when there are stories about experiences or accomplishments or adventures, um, I, I blame Instagram specifically because, so for me, it's kind of like when I share stories or experiences about hikes I go on. And, Typically, because my main motivation to go on a hike is because I see in my feed an amazing view from the summit of some incredible hike. So I'm like, yeah, I got to do that. And then you go off and you go on the hike and, you know, it, it's rough, but you make sure you get a few pictures of the waterfalls on the way and you get to the summit, you get that summit, that summit snap, you post that. And that's kind of the story you're telling, right? How incredible it was. The air was thin. You were so high up. You were maybe above the clouds. It's, it's amazing, right? It, maybe it's out in the Chilliwack and you've climbed Mount Cheem or whichever it is, all these experiences. But you kind of leave out the blisters and how you pretty much broke your car trying to get up to the trailhead. You, 
You leave out the fact that you sweat more than you ever thought you could and the smells and the agony and the complaining that came with it. You kind of tailor the story a little bit to be a little bit more glamorous. And sometimes it's okay. We amplify the good vibes in our story to share the exciting things, right? Sometimes that phenomena can betray us. It's, I think, kind of the reason why every single year when we do get the snow, we still don't have a good snow shovel or any salt because it doesn't snow that much in the valley, right? And then you go to the store and everyone else had that same thought because it doesn't snow that much in the valley, so there's no more snow shovels left. Or even in the summer, it's the same kind of thing when, you know, it's 38 degrees outside and 32 inside because you didn't get the AC set up yet because it doesn't get that hot out here, right? We tell ourselves the stories from the years before and it's never that bad and so you just kind of keep going and there's no contractors for AC, right, in the middle of the heat waves. I think sometimes we create a bit of that situation with the Christmas story. Thank you. We've romanticized it a little bit. We've kind of focused on some parts and glanced over some other things. We've amplified certain aspects of the Christmas story a little bit. And, you know, driving here even this evening, I saw a really cute little nativity scene inflatable, and there's Mary and Joseph and the baby and the drummer boy, which might not have been canon, and a few snowmen, and I realize it might have been a DIY set from Canadian Tire, but the, the nativity scene, this Christmas story is very cute. We love it. It's, it feels good. It feels fun and fresh. But it, and it is a truly miraculous, amazing story. But I want to kind of walk us through it a little bit and maybe bring out a perspective that we might have not considered before. See, the young couple, Mary and Joseph, they're on a trek from a place that they're living. They're living in Nazareth, and they had to go to Joseph's hometown, just like we heard in the story. They had to go to be part of a census. So this is a 150-kilometer walk. She's super pregnant. She's ready to go. They're doing this walk, and they're doing it already carrying a little bit of baggage. And I don't mean luggage, but the baggage of the fact that she was pregnant outside of marriage, and the people around that knew, and there's rumors, and people are talking, and this is a very conservative culture that they came out of, right? So they're already on this trek. Amazingly, they're together. Joseph has been faithful. The Lord spoke to him. He said, yes, I'll be part of this. So they're starting off this story already in a bit of a dimmer mindset. And then when they get to Bethlehem, you kind of read a little bit between the lines, but you notice right away they don't have anywhere to go necessarily. There's no room for them. No matter where they're trying, they, they don't have a space to stay. Now, this is Joseph's hometown, right? So where are the friends? Where are the families? Where's the open arms for his pregnant, you know, fiance, soon-to-be wife with this miraculous thing? They're either not believing him. Who knows what's going on? But they are left without a place to stay. So they end up finding a stable, and they're like whatever, at least it's a roof over our head. They're so broken down. They're like, we'll take this. We'll take whatever we can get. And they're stuck around and surrounded by animals. Now, I'm not a farm boy, but I know animals stink. And I know that 2,000 years ago, animals still stunk. So that's the situation that they're in, right? And then there's the birth. And I know, because of just being a recent father too, that none of the mothers here glance over and Mary gave birth in stable. And they're like, oh, that's nice. Pretty intense, right? Like this medical moment, you've got the animals and the stinks and it's outside and Joseph is the support staff, I guess. And then the shepherds come and that's at least sweet, right? But here's the thing, so just to to bring it in here too a little bit, the shepherds, they weren't actually that cute. Well, maybe they were, we don't know that. But that was not a desirable job. 
It was not the kind of job that you, you strive for, not even the kind of job that's like a family business. It's the kind of job that's left to when you, you aren't really eligible for anything else, right? It's like the telemarketers back of the day. You know, somebody calling you, whatever. It's not, an, it's not a desirable job, especially the night watch. What it really shows is that the shepherds in the story were ineligible for any other kind of employment. In fact, they were, whatever it was, socially unable to be present around people. So they're watching, they're hanging out with sheep. Because if you can't be around people, you can be around sheep. They're not that judgy. And that's who comes to celebrate and be present for this birth story. I'm sorry, did I ruin Christmas? I hope not. Because what I want to do, I say all this because I think when we make a fairy tale out of the Christmas story, we actually miss something that's really significant, something that actually really impacts us massively and that makes this story go from something that can just be, you know, like a nice little needlepoint thing on our bathroom wall, the nativity scene, or an inflatable set on our front lawns. It's something that we end up understanding about God. And because we have to kind of ask the question, why would God come into this situation? And you might have a question, is that really what God had to do? And the answer to that is no. But if we re-ask that question, rephrase it differently, is that what God would do? Is that what God did do? The answer is yes, and here's why. It's because, remember, babies grow up. They don't just stay babies forever. Even the Savior, Jesus Christ, doesn't stay a baby forever. And we hear it in the statement that the angels told the shepherds. They didn't just say a baby's going to be born. They said, the Savior of the world has been born. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world, he sent his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Salvation comes out of this. And God knew that was the outcome. That was the sacrifice that was ultimately coming on a cross at the end of all this. There's going to be an ultimate triumph over sin, a defeat of death. So why start here in a stable, surrounded by animals and maybe ex-convicts? in the cold, outside back, right? Why do all that? Because here's the real and the powerful message of the Christmas story. Something that's been true about God all along. Something that's not a fairy tale. God wants to know us. He wants to know you and you and me and you, and he wants to be known by us. He wants a real relationship, and he has no interest in being a idea, or a set of beliefs or rules. He has no interest in just being a story, right, or some art on the wall. God wants a real, vibrant relationship with us. And that's why we get this major story, because God wanted to enter into the mess, enter into real life, enter into something completely real and raw and not curated, not polished in plastic and fake, no pageantry, into a disastrous birth story, but to say, I want to live with you, and I want to be known by you, and I want to have this real thing. Max Licato, an author, puts it really beautifully this way, God became a man so that we can trust him. He became a sacrifice so that we can know him, and he defeated death so that we can follow him. So the God of everything, created everything, massive majesty, all the things you can imagine comes down into this tiny place. C.S. Lewis said it like this, once in our world at one time, a stable had something in it that was bigger than our whole world. So what do we do with it? 
this evening, this Christmas story as we head back home. What do we do with that? How do we wrestle with that? I think there's two responses that we can kind of take. The first one, the first one, you know what, is not, it's not this act of rebellion. It's not this complete dismissal. All of you are here this evening, whether you're here or joining us online. You're here celebrating in some form or fashion, some way, this birth story. You're celebrating God coming into the world as a baby, and that's awesome. But kind of like the way Mary and Joseph found themselves greeted in their hometown without room, because I think we have so much stuff going on and we have our ideas and everything and we just created God to be this set of stuff that we need to do, we don't have room for him. We participate loosely, right? And you know, Jesus is born and that's great, but we don't enter into the moment. We don't enter in and abandon whatever else is behind us. See, here's the second response we can have. You can hear the call from the angels. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. Messiah. He is the Lord. And like the shepherds with all of their past behind them, with whatever addictions they've had, however they've been broken, even if they're going back to it over and over again, they're outcasted by society, whatever they've got with them, it doesn't stop the God from coming and saying, I want you to be part of this. See, there's no mess that God is afraid of inviting into his story. He made it about as messy as it could possibly be. And he says, and I want you to be into it. I want you there. And so the shepherds, they were on duty. Maybe they were bad shepherds, I don't know, but they abandoned the flock. They go into town. They hop into this nativity story because they were not gonna miss it because they knew, they knew that they were broken and they knew they needed something to heal them. They knew they needed something more than their own power and their own duties and their own abilities to bring them out of it. They needed Jesus the Messiah, called in the Christmas story here, Emmanuel. And like we heard during the candle lighting, it means God with us. So if you're here this morning, maybe this is the first time you actually really want to be part of the second response. Maybe you're over and over used to doing the first thing. Maybe you are always just passively part of Christmas. You acknowledge it, but you actually want to see what this relationship is like. You actually want something that is saving, something that brings you a little bit further and closer to God. I want to tell you how you can do that. And it begins with a prayer. And it, it goes like this. So if this, is, if this is you, think about this. And we're going to be singing a song in a little bit here. It begins with a prayer that says, God, thank you for making the first move. God, you came into the world. You came past every single barricade. You dropped everything. You came and made the first move. And I want to be part of that story. I want to be in a relationship with you. So I acknowledge that I am a mess too. God, I'm not perfect. But I believe that you have made a way through your son, Jesus, and I know I'm forgiven and set free. So we're going to end the service here today by singing Silent Night by Candlelight, the traditional way to end this service. I'm just going to invite the musicians to head on over, and if you have a little battery-operated candle with you, just hang on to it for a moment. There's a little switch on the bottom. Keep them off. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to dim down the lights and symbolically pass the light along, symbolically take a look at what represents how the Gospel of John, chapter 1, says the light of life, that is Jesus, born in Bethlehem. And the darkness cannot overcome the light. So we're going to dim down the lights, and I'm going to start off on one side, on the other side, and we're just going to pass along the torch. We're going to sing Silent Night together because it's a silent night, a holy night, a peaceful night, and God is with us.
Letting the light shine. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Just before we go, I just want to say if this was a night where you did have that thought, you did want to begin a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've already started that prayer, that dialogue, we want to get you a Bible. We want to get you started in that. We want to help answer questions. We want to help you establish and just grow into that. The, the connection that the shepherds had that wowed them, that they told everyone about because it was such an amazing time. Uh, you can find myself after the service or someone wearing a lanyard. We'd love to answer some questions, connect you with that. Otherwise, I also want to let you know and invite you to our church service tomorrow. It's Sunday. Christmas on Sunday is fantastic. We gather and worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., so that's an open invite to all of you here. I think we might have some apple cider left tomorrow. We'll see. But otherwise, I have a blessed and amazing Christmas at home, wherever you're headed to. Drive safe, and thank you for coming out. All I can say again is Merry Christmas. <laughs>